again to another evening. I'm Danny Carter. I am on Instagram and TikTok as Blotted Ink Books. And this is the podcast where I chat with funny book lovers and uh, they devise their fantasy novel evening. Uh, this week, I'm going to be joined by Grace Curtis to discuss her debut novel, Frontier. Um, firstly, I'm just going to put this out here because I have been reading this. And it is so cool. It's unlike anything else I think I've ever picked up. It is a gun-slinging, queer romance, space odyssey. It's giving me real Borderlands vibes for all my gaming friends out there. It's really something else. um, And I am absolutely loving it. Um, I have to say, generally, you know, kind of space operas, space fantasy, sci-fi, it's not usually a genre that I delve into, but this has me absolutely absolutely hooked i cannot wait to ask her about her inspirations i cannot wait to talk to her all about the characters in this the world she's built and i'm hoping she's going to bring some of this craziness to her novel evening so a massive hello to grace hi hello hello how are you doing (laughs) i'm okay yeah yeah i'm not bad how are you (laughs) i'm doing good i was gonna say to you i saw today uh, your post about your book and your very candid shot of the <laughs> ladies that you just happened to see it when was, you were out on the street. It was mad. I just, you know, never seen those women before. Or, or very beautiful, interesting women, I'm sure. But I just, they just happened to all be reading my book in the street. It's not even out yet, actually. I don't know how they got hold of it. But... Serendipity, right? I mean... Yeah. <laughs> definitely not my friends or, you know, paid actors. Just, definitely just not. my good pals. <laughs> and we're going to dive. We are going to dive straight in on this book. Firstly, the cover is so cool yeah. it's so cool yeah, how did it feel when you opened up that box and you saw that cover staring back at you god I mean I they were Hodder were very good to me right I had a bunch of different uh editions so I'd, I'd sort of got used to each new iteration of it because they were like all right we can try it with these three colors or these three illustrations or whatever and we kind of narrowed it down to one thing mm-hmm. so I sort of thought in my head that it kind of the specialness of it had worn off uh, but it hadn't <laughs> when I when I saw it in the flesh I got and there were you know oh, all these little details I hadn't anticipated and like yeah I've got a big box of it right there in front of me now and I just can't believe it's What's can't that? believe it's real yeah <laughs> oh I cannot I cannot imagine that feeling I mean and the book itself I'm halfway through so I got sent my book the day before yesterday so I'm flying through it pretty pretty quickly where are you up to what chapter I have just met uh, Garrity. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. yeah. So I'm giving too much away. Well, I've met him. We've, we've <laughs> traveled with him. We've met his his home and I'm on to the next. So yeah. already I'm feeling like you've got a whole cast of characters in this book. You've got a real cast going on. How was it for you when you were writing, keeping track of all of these players in this book? Oh, I don't know. I, did, I didn't struggle with it, really. I enjoy it. Uh, having all those big personalities gives you as a writer a lot to sort of bounce off of you know I like writing dialogue I like writing people for me it's it's part of the pleasure of it really it doesn't feel like a challenge I love hearing that that's so much <laughs> fun and now for me I mean as a gamer oh yeah I'm, yes! words I love to hear yeah perfect so I was hoping that you would be on board with this because the first thing that popped into my head when I was reading this is the game Borderlands Borderlands, interesting. Okay, go, tell me more about that. So as I was playing, uh, I think it's probably the third game. I could be wrong here. So other gamers, please don't crucify me. But there is a <laughs> Borderlands game that is set in space. You travel through this this kind of 
this world, this planet, and it's very much in keeping with the other games. You've got these small gunslinging towns filled mm -hmm. with kind of various characters, all kind of a bit madcap, a bit insane <laughs> in their own right. And straight away, I was like, yes, that's how I felt when I played those games and was immersed in that world. It's one of my favorite games ever. Mm. To then pick this up felt to me like I was stepping into that world. That's so funny you've said that because it is, it's based on a video game, but not Borderlands. I've never played which Borderlands. Which one? Which one? It's based on Fallout New Vegas, which is... Have you played that? Yes! <laughs> For the benefit of the listener, she just made a very happy face. <laughs> yes! Oh, for, yeah. yes. That it's is like, another game I've played. But yeah, it's, it's not based on Fallout, but it's definitely... That was like a big, strong touch point when I was, when I was doing my first draft. Yeah. As soon as you said that, I was like, I can see the inspiration right yeah. there. Well, you know how um, the the fact that the the protagonist of this novel, who will remain unnamed, um, yeah. goes through several different iter like has a lot of different titles over the course of the yeah. book. One of which is the Courier, which is of course the title of your character from yeah. Fallout New Vegas. That's how they're referred to. So, yes. Yeah. Oh my god! As you said, and I'm like, why didn't I see that straight away? <laughs> no, it's fine. I've course. had Borderlands as well before, but one of my editors recommended compared it to that. Yes, book. I I really think, and there's something about when you take these adventures. And you put them into, obviously, this is a kind of a new earth, right, that you've created. Hmm. And uh, a scarily, maybe apt, <laughs> new earth. Also, the other inspiration that came into my head was the film Wally. Um, <laughs> I'm not sure if that came across for you, but... Uh, uh, it wasn't a conscious touch point, but I can see it. Yeah. I, how was it for you to imagine a future earth like this? Um... Not that hard, because I think, all things considered, this is a, quite an optimistic reading of what's going to go down. <laughs> I love that. I I this, this is as good as it's going to get. Uh, I mean, we can dream bigger, surely, but I think this is a uh, sort of cartoonish... Uh, you know, this this is not in any way a realistic um, assessment of what climate change is going to do to the planet, right? This is me basically taking that concept and infusing it with, like, a spaghetti western. So, mm -hmm. while I'm kind of grappling with climate change philosophically I, I would I'm still kind of running away from the extremely bleak realities you know the reality yeah. being that most people will not get to leave the planet before this becomes a massive issue so uh sorry to my children good luck <laughs> yes, folks. it's fine this this post-apocalyptic novel is in fact quite <laughs> quite optimistic in a lot of ways yeah uh, yeah it's, it must be so fun for you to get to play with that and I have to say it felt like you had there's a lot of genres mixed in here. I mean, like the opening scene for me had a little touch of Tarantino about it when I was reading mm. this kind of standoff vibe. And then you've got the, you know, there's a real love of books in one of your chapters as well that comes across, mm. you know, as as a bookworm, the idea of books being this hot commodity in the future, I loved. Yeah. You've got so many <laughs> inspirations. I mean, where did you come up with this? I want to get in your brain. Possibly too many. Yeah, I, I, the thing is, you're you're a couple of chapters in, or like three, four chapters in. It only gets worse. You haven't even got to the murder mystery chapter yet. <laughs> oh my god. There's there's a locked room murder mystery. There's a uh, obviously there's a romance element that comes into it later. It's a real. Um, I've I've used less polite words for it in the past, but now I call it a genre palooza. Uh, yeah, queer space western was what we sort of settled on for marketing purposes, but it really does have quite a lot of a little bit of everything in there. Um, I adore that because I think there's a lot to be said for being very constrained by a genre and the kind of expected tropes, things you might get. This breaks out of all of that, right? Like you're not hemmed in by you know <laughs> maybe I should be, maybe I should be. <laughs> well, yeah. my feeling is if you if you love and connect with the characters, you can kind of get away with everything else, right? 
Um, and like it's it's sort of woven in, it's built into the structure of the story that you're going from it's it's you know it's it's written kind of like an anthology series right mm -hmm. initially it's going chapter by chapter each chapter is a sort of quasi self-contained story yep. and then as it goes along this kind of melts into something like an overarching tale yeah. so <laughs> for me just as a writer it was like the most fun possible thing to do was to kind of have a you know have a proper saloon western have a you know I don't know how to describe that first chapter have a kind of murder thriller and and have each one it it meant for me whenever every time I sat down to write I had a sense of excitement of like okay how can I tackle this and how can I breathe life into this um genre and this mood and setting that I love uh and I don't know I just <laughs> I did it for fun it was a, it was a really you enjoyable method that. and it's very funny <laughs> as well there's some real humor in there that I love and I love the fact I never know what's going to come in the next chapter which I think is so fun you know that there's even a little moment that felt a little zombie-esque to me um without giving too much away there's a there's a character that you meet you've got this kind of unusual strange uh saintly being shall we say oh uh, yeah and that has a little you know that's kind of dark and I love that you don't know what to expect and for you did you know what to expect with each chapter that was coming to you did you know what was going to happen yeah, more or less. Um, again, because I always had that, I had the kind of broad emotional arc of the story in my head. So I knew how things were going to feel and where things were going. Um, but it's, yeah, and it, it didn't come as a surprise to me. It was more just like having a big box of, you know, selection candies and just <laughs> grabbing a big fistful and eating them. Uh, you know, <laughs> when you're describing it, you can hear how much fun you had <laughs> writing this, which I love. I, I feel love like, I can't believe they've bloody published it, Danny. I'm not going to lie. I feel like I've totally, I feel like I've got away with something here. <laughs> I mean, literally, you're like, does anybody realize what they're doing? You no, guys, yeah, are you sure? Are you sure? It's not too late to pack out. We've got another couple of weeks. Last, but... that I, so I messaged a friend. I was like, I've been given this, you know, advanced reader's copy. I'm getting through it. And I was like, you need to read this. And as soon as I said, I was like, you know, queer romance, gunslinging adventure in space. Mm -hmm. She was like, done. Done. <laughs> done. Well, I do think, um, again, having seen, sort of had the opportunity now to talk to some people who've read it, I think it requires, let's say, an open mind and an open heart going in. You have to kind of, because I, I think, and I think the first chapter establishes that like anything could happen and you just have to kind of strap in and come along for the ride. Um, that opening chapter as well gave me real like, Fargo vibes. <laughs> oh, you know what it is? Um, it's it's because it's based off of I'm gonna say the wrong one. I think it's the Pardoners Tale from um, Canterbury Tales. It's like it is it is a beat for beat retelling of a story that is like a thousand years old uh, in terms of three people yeah. who are up to no good who find something valuable. Um, <laughs> yeah, I love that. It's it's like well, anything from here on out, anything could go on. But yeah, <laughs> I, I find the people who really connect with it are people who are kind of like. I guess curious and, and have an open heart and are willing to see willing to see how things will play out let's say that much <laughs> and the question is the question you probably don't want me to ask how do you follow up something like this how do you know what to start writing next <laughs> I mean I struggled I struggled for a while <laughs> I, I tried a bunch of different things I, I you know I threw a lot of ideas out but the thing the thing that I what I eventually struggle you know what I eventually struck which was my next book, Floating Hotel, which is out a year from now. Plug, plug, plug. Wow. Um, when I when I landed on that idea, it felt right, and yeah. the entire story came to me again, similar to Frontier. I could immediately see the shape of it. It felt like you know ambitious and crazy and complicated, 
but I could feel that kind of vein of a soul running through the whole thing and I knew I could do it uh, and that's kind of the feeling that I need to really commit to something so yeah yeah failing a lot and throwing out a lot of ideas until I let on the right thing that was because uh, I guess a second it. book is a very different beast you know your first book is kind of it's an idea that sprung to you there's a chance no one will ever read it you can kind of <laughs> yeah do what you like with it it's for fun to begin with right mm-hmm. but a second book has a level of expectation I guess yeah well we I got lucky I kind of um I sold them both at once, right? So I, I sold the awesome. the book as a sort of manuscript, the first one, and then I sold the second one as an idea. Yeah. So, but yeah, the, the I knew people I knew people liked the second book in theory, but whether or not they would like it in practice was another matter. Um, so yeah, that was scary. <laughs> it's still yeah. scary. Yeah. Oh my goodness! And how do you feel in this build up to you know publication? How is that feeling? Is it kind of surreal? Um, What's your policy on swearing on this? On you this can podcast? swear. Uh, I'm scared shitless. <laughs> That's how I feel. I'm scared shitless. Um, oh, I honestly, and I say this wholeheartedly, I, I don't think you have anything to worry about. Mm. I think this is a book unlike anything I've, sweet. I've picked up in a long, long, long time. <laughs> it surprised me in the best ways, you know, and you always get books that have got twists and turns, but this genuinely, each chapter I've been up to so far, I cannot, I'm going to fly through it tonight. But every chapter you get to is like, oh, okay. And now this, that's what I'm saying, why you need an open mind. Because every, every time you turn the page, you're going to be like, okay, and now this. And, you know, it's like you're in this little magic, uh, you know, tunnel of love ride where you're just going through all these different phases. And, uh, yeah, yeah, I just hope people enjoy reading it as much as I enjoy writing it. I know that's a cliche, but it's true. No. And I love the names. I think Ducream might be my favorite <laughs> so far. Emolia Ducream. <laughs> yeah sometimes you put a lot of meaning into something and sometimes you just look around at what you have on your desk and think that'll do <laughs> yeah I do have that but I love that someone would pick this name and I'm guessing he's kind of cho- either you know his he's a charlatan are- yeah he's yeah he's, he's chosen it himself but it's mm-hmm. be like oh emollient de cream that you sounds know? so fancy yeah it's so fancy and he doesn't know what it means right in this no, he's no that's so funny yeah oh. he's uh, he's yeah he's that's his whole thing this is uh, this is a, a sort of villain from chapter two is he's a yeah he's a fake he's a charlatan he's a pseudo intellectual he thinks he's doing something smart um while being a complete moron so giving him that name felt very apt <laughs> yeah i love that i absolutely adored it and you know for anyone who's you know hasn't read the book who's going to read it you're in for such a treat um as I say it's a lot of fun I haven't read a book that's just made me smile (laughs) in a long time it's madcap it's crazy and I say it's how I feel when I pick up those games and you get lost for hours in them and they're ridiculous and violent and crazy it's all of that for me so absolutely 10 out of 10 uh cannot recommend enough moving into your novel evening I'm rather hoping you're gonna bring some of this madcap energy. <laughs> oh boy, oh boy, have I. <laughs> into proceedings. I yeah. am hoping for the strangest, most insane novel evening that we've had yet. Oh my God. Well, I was going to apologize in advance, but I realize now because you've read my book, you know what I'm like. And so yeah, you're expecting nothing less than incoherent. <laughs> we've had some genre weird ones already. So I think at one of them, we went to an M&M store, the one in London. And mm. uh, I think there was some, uh, there was some Russian theorists getting mm-hmm. drunk and naked so <laughs> sounds like my kind of night yeah anything go yeah. m&ms and naked russians i'm in <laughs> so absolutely anything goes so i think we should kick things off with where are we going to go for your novel evening 
Right. Well, the location is a little bit more sedate than okay. uh, any of those fantastic places. We're going to go to a pub in rural Northumberland called The Ox. Oh. It's this. It's beautiful. It's it's somewhere that I uh, used to go after an evening of rock climbing. Kind of, it's near a place called Rossley, and you go there. It's just out. It's got a stream. It's got a field. It's got beautiful beer. And sort of on a late summer eve, this is what I'm imagining, right? They got all these outdoor benches, a lot of just like rusting farm equipment, just kind of hanging around. Yeah. And you know that sort of golden hour, late slanting light, and a river and a bridge and a stream and a lovely old farmhouse full of great beer. That's my ideal location. Oh heaven! And we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna mess this place up, I assume. <laughs> well, uh, respectfully, we're Ooh. gonna have fun. <laughs> okay. Okay. This sounds beautiful. Um, mm. I love a good pub. If it's got a nice cider in there, I'm in. Mm. So I love getting um, shit faced in beautiful places. It's it's yeah. It's what they were made for. <laughs> exactly. It's what God intended. <laughs> <laughs> he really did. You know, his son wouldn't have made wine if yeah, exactly. he was about to happen. Exactly. He knew um, what was going on. Exactly. Okay. So we're at the pub. <laughs> you know, the summer evening is dawning. We've got a, a beer in hand. You can Who's hear rock up. Yeah, there's some sheep in the background. As they <laughs> yeah. do. Who's going to rock up first? So our first guest of the night is um, a musician by the name of Bobby Gentry. Are you familiar oh, with her? I'm not. Tell me more. Let me tell you about Bobby Bloody Gentry, right? So she wrote what is, let's say, that. so there's some people, there's two kinds of people. There's people who think Bobby Gentry wrote the best country song of all time. And then there's people who think that it's a folk song and she wrote the best folk song of all time. But anyway, she wrote a song called Ode to Billy Joe back in like the 60s or 70s. Unfortunately, I don't have the, the title off the top of my head. But basically, she was this woman. She wrote it when she was 25. Uh, incredible, incredible looks, incredible, like deep husky voice um, could write a novel's worth of emotion in a single song and was just light years ahead of her time in every conceivable way so you know she had this massive hit called Ode to Billy Joe which by the way if you're listening not to divert people away from your wonderful podcast but pause this go over Spotify YouTube listen to that it's incredible it's an incredible piece of music I'm gonna do that straight after exactly everyone should go listen to it uh it will stay with you forever but she wrote that she had this huge hit and then basically never kind of was able to really recreate that success not because she was a one-hit wonder, but because basically the world was not ready for what she was doing. So she wrote a lot more incredible music. She did fashion. She, you know, designed outfits. She was a painter. She was this sort of incredible, you know, multi-talented artist and sort of a woman in the 70s. And if you go back to the interviews from the time, it's just like her fielding condescending men yeah. over and over again. Because no one could understand how this 25-year-old kid had come out with something so sensational. Um but the thing that Billy, Bobby, sorry, Bobby Gentry is known for, even more than being enormously talented, is the fact that when she was in her 30s, she disappeared. What? She vanished. Yeah, yeah. So she put out a bunch more albums. She did a show in Vegas, and then she vanished. Um, not murdered or kidnapped or anything like that. She just had had enough. <laughs> that's oh. the, that's the, the presiding theory. She's underground. She was she just like, went, done. And no one has seen that woman in like 40 years. No one knows where she is. No one knows what she's doing. She's just wealthy and on her, you know, minding her own business somewhere. How is there not a thousand true crime podcasts about this? Like a thousand. Because it's not a crime unless it's a crime for a woman to have her own space. Yeah. (laughs) Which apparently is. There'd be a thousand conspiracy theorists out there. I'm sure there is. But anyway, I want to have Bobby back for one night only because I'm sure she's been doing interesting things in the meantime. I want to hear what she's been writing and I want to talk to her because she's like, 
my favorite artist and just an icon of country music and art and everything else wow there's something so outrageously brave as well about hitting you know being well known just going nah do you know what no thanks yeah yeah she she said "Mm -mm, no more oh maybe we'll get her to bring a guitar maybe we could like coax one song one night you know what we're gonna get a couple of those like good northumbrian pints into her and then she's gonna she's really gonna get into it yeah (laughs) Yeah. and it depends who your other guests are because you know we might be able to persuade her with some of this you know the people who are showing up Uh, yeah we'll see (laughs) i was i've I've kind of gone for i've I've mostly gone for people who i really want to talk to i think like people who i'd like to get to like get to that good level of tipsy where you're just chatting complete bollocks with and just like someone these are all people who I would just talk to for hours in you know on a beautiful evening um those are the best nights because you're just chatting someone might start singing there might be a bit of a you know you never know what's going to happen yes okay okay so who are you going to invite first to talk to that's Bobby Bobby she's number one Bobby's first so who's going to join you and Bobby uh (laughs) all right this is where it gets a bit weird so my second guest, initially, right, have you, <laughs> I can't believe I'm going to say this. Have you ever heard of a comic called One Piece? <laughs> oh, do you know what? I think I have. I couldn't tell you how or why, but it seems that I'm like, wait, that rings a bell? Well, One Piece has outsold Superman to be like the best-selling comic in the world. So I'm not surprised that you've heard of it. Okay. It's, it's, this, it's been running for... It's been running since 1997, so it's a year older than me, and it's a it's a single continuous story. Uh, and uh, so, it's it's about a, It's about a, a boy going on pirate adventures. Is the most um, the sort of surface level summary of it, though. It's really about the power of you know people using the power of friendship to defeat fascists. Is this? Wow. <laughs> it's. I don't want to talk about it too much because it's like talking to someone about your dreams when you're trying to explain this comic to people who haven't read it. Ah, but right, yes. let me walk you through my thinking, right? So the the protagonist of this comic, he's called Monkey D. Luffy. He's pure id. He's someone who loves to party. He loves to dance. Uh, he loves to drink. He loves to go on adventures and he loves to punch bullies in the face. He's okay. a wonderful character. I nearly invited him. And then I thought, I feel looking at the rest of the guest list, I think he's going to get bored and wander off in about five minutes. He's not someone who's able to sit still historically, Monkey Diluffy. So instead, I'm inviting one of his crewmates, um, Nika Robin, who is the ship, uh, what is it? She's a ship archaeologist because every pirate ship needs an archaeologist. Of course, yeah, naturally. Uh, and she's, a, she's an adventurer. She's a um, fantastic martial artist. Very, you know, sort of the intellectual of the group. Um, she has the best backstory. She's just a character who I love with my entire heart. And I feel like we could just talk about, she's a great listener as well. I feel like you could talk to her, but she would also be, you know, she'd be like listening, yeah. seeing what's else going on in the group. Uh, so yeah, that's my, that's my second invite is this pirate archaeologist from this children's manga that's been going on for 25 years or whatever. That's cool. <laughs> that is so, so cool. And also I'm trying to now picture her and, and Bobby and, you know, maybe she's what we kind of need to get a little bit of, you know, a little bit of answers as well. Maybe she's, mm. you know, it sounds like she's pretty cunning in her own way. She's very, she she joins the series as a villain and ends up becoming part of the main crew. <laughs> Best type of character ever, you know, like, you know, like your Zikos and that. Yeah, so she's going to be wily. She's going to know what questions to ask to get some answers, mm-hmm. right? Yes. Okay. Okay, and I love that this is obviously a comic that you're passionate about. When you said it came, you know, it's one year older than you, I think my heart died a little bit inside. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> this is the problem with one piece you, you have to be people like oh yeah i'll read it how many chapters long and you're like a thousand, a thousand chapters long. okay <laughs> I maybe i'll it. start I... from chapter 999 you know yeah yeah, yeah. just catch up I mean, that's... I don't even know what's going on in it at this point, but it still has my heart. I mean, that's a long time as well for a comic to be going because, you know, you look at Marvel and DC and they've had to bring in so many characters and so many different <sighs> spin-offs to be able to it's, keep it going. It's insane. So the, um, Oda, the guy who draws One Piece, I look at him and I'm like, this is how much boxes must feel, you know, when they're looking at Mike Tyson or something. As a creative, I'm like, how have you, how have you done this yeah. on your own, more or less, for, like, He's he's been writing One Piece since he was like younger than me, and it's been his entire life. Yeah. And it's one story. It's just one story, and I, it's yeah, it's insane. And for people to stick with it, and it's obviously just from hearing you, I imagine it's got a hugely dedicated fan base. Oh yeah, yeah, it's cult. It's cult. Yeah. Oh, it's why. Okay, well, I'm obviously going to fall down a rabbit hole later this evening, searching all <laughs> about this. Up. Yeah, and Nika Robin especially. I think like for a lot of sort of women who read the read the comic and. Um, queer people people who have had maybe difficult lives she's a character that people connect with because she's someone who sort of when we meet her has given up on life essentially she's yeah. she's sort of her arc over the course of the story is she goes from being like i don't really care if i live or die and sort of through interacting with these people and through kind of creating a family for herself she realizes that she really does want to live and she really does want to see the world um and it's it's beautiful <laughs> I, I can't describe it it's it's sensational okay already you've got two people that sound like they'd be so fascinating i know i, w- I wouldn't even say anything i just listen just listen to what's happening yeah. so many people as well say that on this podcast like i don't want to join in i just want to observe <laughs> oh, bloody introverts they just want to yeah <laughs> they just want to eavesdrop there's so many of us writers. I'm not particularly introverted i think i'm somewhere in the middle generally but i also i'm like oh i think i'd be a bit intimidated mm-hmm what have I got to add to this conversation? Probably not very, nothing that insightful. I'm better off just yeah. silently. Yeah, I just fly like, another round, anyone? Uh. Yes, yes. <laughs> okay, you've got two people to come in. We're sat in the beer garden, listening to the sheep, having a chat. Who mm. rocks up next? Before I tell you, I need to go get some water. Oh, because my <laughs> mouth is, my mouth is yeah. drying out rapidly. I hope that's okay. Uh, oh my gosh. You do what you got to do. Uh, I've got my hydration station my... of wine and Robina. I know I, b- I bought a tea but then I necked it in about a minute so now I've got to start again I oh. see all of your home in very rapid like me <laughs> I'm terrible for doing this as well I know some people have like formality when they uh no. get behind a zoom call but I do not no I don't think I've done I think I did one zoom call with makeup on but it was because it was an actor uh, <laughs> a very big fan of um, yeah and I was That's like adorable. I think I might put a bit of mascara on today Absolutely. I mean, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, really, really pulling out all the stops yeah. for, for that person. I'm, I'm like sure this they Australian actor is going to fall for me over Zoom. <laughs> that happened. Uh, it did not. Was it Chris Hemsworth? Sadly, not. That would be. <laughs> uh, it, it was uh, Luke Arnold from Black Sales, who was Long John Silver. Oh my He's God. also an author. Um, so I'm a bit of a fan of the show. So my friends love to watch the, I let them see the Zoom video, which I don't usually do. And they love to just rewind back to certain bits where I'm like, just Aww. like drooling. <laughs> yes, yeah. so like, look at this. I'm like, please stop, stop it. So it's given them a lot of joy, if nothing else. <laughs> but okay, so we've got our two uh, first people have arrived. Who's going to show up next? So next we have a contemporary writer that I absolutely adore mm-hmm. and who I think 
is someone who is probably going to be maybe a little bit more the life of the party, which is uh, Michaela Cole. Oh, okay. She's so. Do you know her? She wrote um, "Chewing Gum" and yeah. "I May Destroy You." Oh, she she's just, wildly talented. She's wildly. insane. She's completely. I um, I because I, I discovered "Chewing Gum" when I was at uni, and it really was like, you know, she wrote it, she performed it, she did this all herself. Um, and it's it's, you know, obviously it's it's really funny and a, a brilliant piece of writing. And so then, to go from something like that to a series like I May Destroy You, which I can't even describe in words how good it is. And and the fact that she, I just feel like if you, if you want to talk about range, if you want to, and like, yeah. I listen to her in interviews, she seems like such a, a warm and cool person who's just like completely, I, I don't know. She's just a genius. And I just want to talk to her and be like, how do you write so good? How do you access these characters so well? How do you, where where do you get this empathy for that you somehow managed to give to almost like everybody in the world? I, uh, yeah, I, ju- I just would, I would just like ramble at her for two hours probably. And she makes people. these characters that in some ways could seem kind of, you know, I don't, I hesitate to use the words, but kind of a bit sad and a bit genuinely really funny as well. She finds mm. a way to make this spin and yet still you've got the emotional ranges in there. You still feel for these characters while still mm-hmm. finding their lives funny. Yeah, and she... And I think a lot of people talk a big game about writing flawed characters. I think she is like yeah. someone who can genuinely do that. And she will talk about how as part of what I may destroy is something I really connected with that show is it's like sometimes hard times don't bring the best out. <laughs> they don't bring out the best in us. Sometimes <laughs> hard times make un- like horrible, nasty, mean people. And yep. like you have to Absolutely. work through that when you're dealing with like PTSD or whatever else, you have to deal with the fact that you're going to become selfish and unlikable. And even if you become like that, you're still worthy of forgiveness. You're still worthy of compassion. I don't know. And yeah, and she can also do all that and be fucking funny. (laughs) You can be like the funniest person ever. Yeah. Uh, Like, oh, save something for the rest of us. Do you know what I mean? Just a little bit. Please, for the love of God. Yeah, that's one of the, I'll say that. And she would be, be she would come in. She's not going to be like nervous or anxious. She's going to come in. No, her, her and Bobby Gentry, they're going to strike up in a friendship immediately, I think. She, the other three women should fit right in. Oh, so you've got three more women coming. Oh, yeah, three more. It's, it's all oh, right. I didn't know yeah. there was a limit. Yeah. No, 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 there is no limits. There's no limits. I mean, people are like, I've got 40 guests. I'm like... <laughs> okay. I've got three real women and three fake women. Um, I love this. Sorry, okay. fictional, I should say, not fake. But Okay. All right. So who are we going to have next? So our fourth guest of the evening... Um, I worry I'm going to say this wrong because I've only ever seen it written down, but it's Tina from Wizard of Earthsea. Ooh, I'm going to say I am. I have not read that book. Um, which For I shame, know, Danny. I know when you're a fantasy <laughs> reader, it's one of those things. I'm always like, let me shut this laptop down. Yeah, I'm like, oh, I'm going to get to that. I'm going to read that. It's like I have read like Name of the Wind, and I've read you know, but it's one of those books you're like, oh, every time someone says that, I'm like, shit, I need to read it. I know I need to read it, and every time I see it in a shop, mm-hmm. I'm like. I'll be back for there you. There she is. There she is. Like, you shamed me a little bit more, so the shame is going to creep up. Listen, shame isn't a good motivator. You should. I'll, <laughs> I'll just tell you that you should do it as a favor do to it. yourself. Yes. I mean, so tell me about this character. Tell me more about this book of life. <laughs> God, I mean, similar to uh, Nikki Robin, our other fictional um, person here, she's someone who goes on an incredible journey over the course of the books. We meet her in the second book of the original quartet, um, and I don't want to talk about it too much without spoiling it, but I, I feel like one of the things I love about Earthsea is that you can see 
Ursula Le Guin herself kind of growing over the course of that right. series. Yeah. And she starts with, bog standard isn't the right way to put it, but like she starts with a more tropey fantasy story in a more tropey fantasy world. Yeah, your traditional, yeah, what you were More bog standard, more traditional, yeah. And as she goes along, you can see her um, a, begin to think, sort of her feminism slowly creeps into it and she starts asking questions about what does it mean to be a woman in this world that is run by men and you know how do you survive as an everyday ordinary person and like how does faith work and how do you know when to challenge the people in power and that's something that's really important to Tanar's journey um she grows up essentially as a kind of dead in the center of a cult she she sort of comes from the villains of the first book she sort of grows up with them and right. has to kind of uh the first book where we meet her is kind of about her slowly deprogramming herself from everything she's been taught and escaping um and then we meet on with her later on in life as a kind of middle-aged woman who's had kids and i really love the way that series kind of gradually becomes more and more about women and more and more about motherhood and what it means to kind of survive as an older woman in a world that is not built for you and uh yeah, that's Tanara's kind of at the center of that, and she's a character who I love so much. More than I just, I just want the best for her. And what I'd like to do is, I'd like to get her right at the end of the second book. I'd like to pluck her out of that moment when she's just sort of found freedom for the first time, and be like, right, life's going to stay complicated for you, but tonight we're celebrating. Right, tonight we're having a party. We're going to have fun. <laughs> we're going to get a bit pissed. We're going to have a riot because you deserve the world, and you will go unappreciated for way too long. Oh, you know, when you hear somebody talk about a character that they've like fallen in love with, that's just like they are a true living, breathing person in their world. I love it. Mm -hmm. I love it. And all I can ever hope is that I will write a character that one day somebody is going to talk about. Oh, I'm sure you will. I'm sure. Like that. And I tell you what, it sounds like she deserves a beer. She's a nice summer's evening and a beer with some. She deserves a slap on the back. and everything yeah and i think the women even the women we've got so far will will provide that mm-hmm. okay i'm loving your evening so far i have to say i can just i can hear your love for all of these women showing up so i'm intrigued by your final two so he's next right getting down to it now we're getting down to the final two so we've got one more one more real one more fictional Ooh. so my final real flesh and blood woman for the evening um i say woman they're all female odds uh is a writer, an essayist, and a podcaster. Sounds like a dirty word, but I don't know what else to say. She's called Sarah Marshall. Okay. Um, she's a host podcast called You're Wrong About. And another another thing you should really check out, it's fantastic. But basically, she's built, her career as a sort of journalist and essayist has been built around um, rescuing maligned women of the past 30 years from, you know, people like, I think the first one, uh, Tonya Harding, I think that was right, that was yeah, kind yeah, of. Yeah. She wrote this big essay about Tonya Harding, sort of explaining how, why everyone kind of turned on her and why everyone hated her. Uh, and she's someone who, I think, similar to Michaela Cole, she's a writer who uses compassion and empathy as well as like massive amounts of intelligence to, um, I don't know, change the way I see the world, basically. And also, she's really funny. <laughs> And she makes me, she cracks me up. She has such an incredible way of expressing herself. And I feel like she is someone who would really appreciate being surrounded by interesting women and like yeah. talking to them and like excavating all their stories. I've spent like so many hours 
of my life listening to her talk about whatever because you know she has all these different podcasts and things and I could just I could listen to her read the shipping forecast to be honest um at this point <laughs> okay well that's going straight on my list I've been looking for a new podcast for ages now uh and I think you've just sold me on it <laughs> completely like absolutely um and anything involves like you know like you say maligned women women who have been kind of painted in a certain light in mm-hmm. the media I th- always think that's so fascinating yeah, and I think it happens a lot more to women in media dare I oh, say oh yeah <laughs> yeah dare I say it and I yeah. think it's because I, I'm a hood. <clears throat> yeah. So. I think that the public as a whole as well, there's always something more salacious about a woman doing bad, right? Because they're the mothers and the wives and the daughters and the sisters. And, the, you know, mm. when men do something wrong and it's in the press, you're kind of like, yeah, right. Yeah. One of, something wrong. Oh. one of the many very profound things so Marshall has said in passing is that like when men do wild self-destructive things, you know, it's interesting and it's, you know, it's like, you know, that's Breaking Bad and Bojack Horseman, you make TV shows about that. When women self-destruct, it's like, well, that's your job. Why would we care? Yeah. We, don't, we don't examine it very closely when, when women kind of go off the rails. We just like the, the dirty bit after, right? We just like to read the salacious gossip of mm-hmm, the thing. Mm-hmm. We don't like to look too deeply into the whys and hows and the... Yes, because the it takes so long to unpick a lie mm-hmm. when, the, you know, and the lie is so much easier and so much easier to swallow Whereas the the process of, t- of undoing that thing that took a minute to say can take hours and hours. Yeah. And that's kind of what she's built her career around is unpicking those lies. That we tell oh, I love women. that. Wow. We're going to have some strong conversations, I feel like. Not, not a negative thing, but I think there's going to be some, some chat happening with these beers. <laughs> I am living for this. Okay. You... I don't want it to get too deep, though. I still want to have fun. Yeah, I, I, I think it'll be fun. I just can imagine there being some, you know, you know when a conversation goes like, yeah, like, let's... Yeah, yeah, people are going to oh. be banging on the table, like, oh, no, I know. Yes, <laughs> it's that, want. especially when you've had, like, four or five pints in your life. <laughs> and another thing about capitalism, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, yes, oh, okay. So no pressure. <laughs> you've done pretty good so far, I'm not going to lie to you. So not say it all hinges on your last guess, but... <laughs> on who are we topping the evening off with um mm. so my final guest is siri from the witcher i have no complaints yeah <laughs> what well, i thought i looked at this this list of, of wonderful complex intelligent women and i thought but what if i had a girl with a sword what then and what if, <laughs> what if i had a girl who could travel through time and swing a big sword uh, i mean as, as a character i just again i've played games loved you know and i really loved her portrayal even in the show in books i think she is such an interesting and she's a little rebel right we've got a rebellious mm. a rebellious girl she makes mistakes that's, that's the thing i like about those stories is that they like the characters fuck up and she fucks up a lot oh my god literally i think they mm. all do don't they i think basically the witcher is one mistake being made and then fixed and then we go on to the next yeah yeah pretty much <laughs> good summary but it's okay because they're all really hot so it's acceptable <laughs> We allow it. Our people don't make mistakes. They just have oversight. They do, yeah. They have sex <laughs> mistakes. You know, it's okay when they do it. I mean, I'm trying to picture her coming into this group as well. You know, I think she's going to hold her own. I think, or well, I'm hoping that she's going to bring the energy levels up a little bit. You know, because I'm thinking like sort of post like Witcher Three series, probably like a, you know, been through a lot and is at this point just kind of in it for a good time ultimately. <laughs> She's gonna life. be the one on the table, you know, stamping yeah. her feet and they're singing some songs. And... Yeah, she's gonna be like, "Bobby, get that guitar out now!" Yeah, <laughs> she's gonna oh. lead the chorus. 
this is you know you've really i can hear as well your passion for the women that you've invited <laughs> i love women which i love you know I, i'm deeply shallow so i think if i ever have a novel evening it would probably just be highly attractive people in a room well but this I is love... all highly attractive people in a room i mean yeah well. but they're also you know you're there for their their wit and their conversation their intelligence yeah but if Siri wants to show me how to you know do it win a sword fight like i'm not going to complain ultimately <laughs> um that when we've all had a few drinks you'd be like get the other sword We're yeah gonna... get the other one this is gonna yeah. get yeah i'm gonna pick up a stick and she's gonna beat the absolute crap out yeah i'd be like yeah. i'm gonna kick your ass that would be such <laughs> two seconds later on the ground my toxic trait is i think that i could be really good at sword fighting even though i've never picked up a sword in my oh, life oh i would say that <laughs> mine is that i'm absolutely certain i would do really well in a zombie apocalypse <laughs> i'm convinced i've got what? the ultimate plan Danny, you're a writer thing. yeah I'm like, oh, I'm gonna do. I'm doing an absolutely nail it. Apparently, I know how to steer a boat now. I'm like, I'll get a boat. I'll get. What do you mean? Apparently, you know it. You're not sure. I mean, you know, <laughs> I, you I'm gonna get a boat. I'm gonna go to Scotland. I'm gonna apparently take over like an isle. I don't mm-hmm. know which one because I haven't looked at a map. Oh, they um, got loads. Don't worry about it. There's tons of them, and I don't yeah. think they're that densely inhabited. No one there, right? Scotland. I'm gonna take my children because they'll just hold me back. Yeah, definitely. Jets and them. We all have that one trait where we look at it and we're like, I'm watching The Last of Us at the moment. I'm like, yeah, I'd do it right. I'd, yeah, you'd be fine. I simply I wouldn't die. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I necessarily survive. There's maybe a difference between not dying and living. So <laughs> I think I'd just not die. But I honestly, this is a, a top notch novel evening. I heartily approve. Um, Glad I you connect with it. It's full cozy vibes as well. It's a girls' night. Yeah, girls' night in. Tell you what, if you like the idea of surviving through sheer luck, you would love the character of Usopp from One Piece because his whole shtick is that he just he just gets through by the skin of his teeth every single time. And now he's got to the point where he's fighting like living gods and he's just getting... So I think that would be you in a zombie apocalypse. That would be like, I got away with it one more time. I don't know how, but I'm still here. Yeah, it would just be mostly in my wake, other people dying in order to survive. That <laughs> Including would be your children, happen. apparently. <laughs> It would just be someone else's death would mean I didn't die. And that would just continue. Mm -hmm, Uh, mm It's definitely like a 28 days later affair. I'm physically very, very unfit. Um, (laughs) I drink too much. I vape too much. I'm not going to be able to outrun, you know, running zombies is a no. So I've got- You just need to outrun the other guy, right? That's it. Exactly. My husband, my kids. Yeah. yeah, That's (laughs) slow. right. So before I let you go on the rest of this uh, this lovely evening, uh, what are you reading at the moment? I am reading um, a book called The Road by Christopher Hadley, Ooh, which is a non-fiction book about the history of Roman road research in Britain. I know it sounds very unsexy, but I'm enjoying it a lot. Okay, I'm not going to judge. It's not what I was expecting. I'm not going <laughs> to judge. I'm like, I, I don't want of... to ask about this. I, I read a lot of really trashy comics and I read a lot of highbrow books. That's kind of where I'm at right now in my life. You go real polar ends of that spectrum, huh? There's, you know... <laughs> You're going to opposite ends. I do love, you know, I grew up in Dorchester, which was a very Roman town. Mm. um, And it's really what they have uh, is the Romans. So we get taught a lot about that. (laughs) That's it. Yeah. Same in the North. We've got Hadrian's Wall. We have Thomas Hardy and we have the Romans. (laughs) Never going to let that one go. (laughs) Yeah. Well, because my, my, not my next book, but my next, next book, um, because sort of book two is kind of done now. Book three is going to be inspired a fair bit by Roman history. So oh. I've been and, and the history of Rome, history of sort of the Persian Empire, ancient Greece. I'm, I'm pulling from a lot of different sources there. So 
that's given me an excuse to read all the sort of nerdy history books that I want. <laughs> oh, you already got me so intrigued. All of that together, I'm like, damn it, I want to ask if it's like futuristic and that's involved. That's got me really intrigued. So zip those lips. I'm Let excited. Me zip my lips. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like you're like that turn at me and like I wouldn't know anything about that. We've got we've still got another one. We got two to come out then before we can even get started on. I that. know so, yeah, when you said ourselves. the three as well, I was like, you're on it. Dude, I'm like, I'm I'm I don't th- I think it's on me right now. <laughs> I would say it. I've got I've got three books on the go that I'm, you know, one that's coming out, one that's being edited, and one that's still being pitched. So yeah, it's mad. It's crazy boots. Amazing. Well, I am super excited to see how Frontier does. I think it's gonna do fucking amazing. I really, really do. I am shouting from the rooftops about this one. And uh yeah, good luck with the book. It's gonna be sensational. Well, thank you so much. Thank you so much for your time, Danny. It was lovely chatting mm-hmm. to you. I really thank enjoyed you that. For coming on. Thanks for listening to me waffle on. Enjoy the rest of your tea. Yeah, you too.